0: Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on Bam Adebayo. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you so desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it's Locked On Warriors on a Wednesday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Murphy News. Opening up the mailbag today, I got questions about James Wiseman's trade value, the 2021 draft, and the disabled player exception. And I want to get to this Myers-Leonard stuff in a moment, but let's start with questions from five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Remember, it is the only way to guarantee that your question is answered. Let's go to Stone Bond, who writes in, Would you trade Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, and the Minnesota pick for Michael Carter-Williams and Terrence Ross? The move would bring in a better backup point guard and a better long-term option on a reasonable contract in Ross for Oubre and an extra year for MCW. I know it's not a great return for the Minnesota pick, but options around the league are slim, and I truly don't think Oubre is helping the team at all, even since his play has improved, and I think the backup point is the biggest downfall, downfall on the team, and finding a stable, cheap option would be best." In addition, no smart teams will give you anything of value for Oubre because they know they can't just sign him this offseason without giving anything up to get him. I really don't think you could get much value for him, but by doing this, you would get guys with some value under team control for longer who would be nice bench pieces when Clay comes back and help the team win now. Other options could be George Hill or DeLon Wright possibly. Let me know what you think. Thanks, love the podcast, keep up the hard work. Uh, well, thank you for the question. As far as that specific trade, Oubre Wanamaker and the Minnesota pick for Michael Carter-Williams and Terrence Ross, I can hear a lot of listeners rolling their eyes at that right now. And, look, that's not enough of a return for the Minnesota pick. It's not even enough return for Kelly Oubre. Like Michael Carter-Williams is okay as a backup point guard. I don't know that he's necessarily worth trading for. I think you could just find better options. Uh, and Terrence Ross is fine. He's not a playmaker by any stretch. I'd rather just have Oubre than Terrence Ross. Now, I understand that Ross is under contract for longer, but I don't know that he's offering you much uh, that Kelly Oubre isn't already giving you this year. And I don't know that he just because he's under contract, I don't know if you want him under contract, right? Uh, I think you can find this offseason other guys who could do what it is that Terrence Ross does as far as just microwave scoring off the bench, Uh Yeah, you get rid of Brad Wanamaker, but that's not worth getting rid of the Minnesota pick. I mean, this Minnesota pick, 60% chance that it ends up at number four or five, uh, 40% chance that it ends up in the top three and just conveys as unprotected in 2022. That's an incredible asset, and you don't trade something like that for Michael Carter-Williams or Tance Ross. Not even in a year where you're not sure who's buyers and who's sellers and what's available. You just hold on to it until something becomes available, I would think. So in regards to this trade... I don't think it works. Even with George Hill or something like that, I've seen a lot of, I'm, I'm fielding a lot of mailbag questions. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can, but mostly it has to do with trading Kelly Oubre, and I'll talk about that here in a moment. But in regards to George Hill, I got another question, uh, and I can't remember who sent it in, and I'm sorry about the forgetting your name here, but Andrew Wiggins for George Hill and Al Horford, pieces like that. That sounds interesting. Again, I just don't know that the Warriors would want to do something like that because who then fills in for Andrew Wiggins? I guess the idea would be Kelly Oubre. But I don't know that Kelly Oubre, you want him playing small forward, relying on him the way that you rely on Andrew Wiggins as far as uh, what, what you're asking Wiggins to do defensively because I still think he's better than Oubre on that end. I think Kelly Ubre is a serviceable player at that position, but still, Wiggins to me has more upside than Ubre does because of what he could do with the ball in his hands. That's something that Ubre can't really do. Okay, and you don't want to make decisions based on one month, uh, a one month sample where Wiggins was playing the worst he's played all season and Ubre's been the best he has all season. So hold off on. Let's, let's replace Wiggins with Oubre. Just hold off on that. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be ideal, even if the Warriors could do it, which I'm doubtful that they could. Right? I don't know what, what, what's out there for Wiggins. And if you do that Oklahoma City trade, by the way, the Thunder are asking for picks back for Wiggins. They have no use for Wiggins. They are not trying to win games right now. They would be asking for picks plus Wiggins in order to give you Hill and Horford. And I don't think that's a good trade for the Warriors. Right, but the Thunder have no motivation to do that. All right, they're not in a rush to get off of either of those guys. They'd rather just trade them for picks and get Wiggins back. Okay, so I don't know what the Wiggins trade is that's out there, and so I think for better or worse, you're you're kind of stuck with him. Now you can pair Wiggins with the number with with this Minnesota pick and James Wiseman and all this stuff and get a blockbuster deal, but you're not getting Bradley Beal for Wiggins and the Minnesota pick. It's not happening. It would be Wiggins, the Minnesota pick, and Wiseman. Any blockbuster player you get would be Wiggins, the Minnesota pick, and Wiseman, and that's only if the other team wants Wiggins and isn't asking for instead some other, you know, conglomerate conglomerate of uh, of contracts. So let's put a pin in that for now. In regards to Ubre, a ton of questions about whether or not they're going to keep or or trade Kelly Ubre or what they can do with him. I still believe that this was ultimately a marriage of convenience. For the Warriors and Kelly Oubre, I have a hard time believing that Kelly Oubre would come back to, to come off the bench unless they pay him a crap ton amount of money. And I don't know that the Warriors are going to want to pay Oubre what he's going to get on the open market. There are going to be so many teams that want Oubre because of his ability to put up points, because of what he can do defensively, because of the energy that he brings night to night. And I think by the trade deadline, if the Warriors decide that they want to move Oubre, they could and probably get a first round pick for him. But only to another contender. So as far as what they could trade Oubre for, it would be to a contending team, right? Because that's the only way it's worth it for another team to take him who's, because he's on an expiring contract. And any other team that acquires him is going to deal with the same thing the Warriors are dealing with potentially this offseason and that we don't know if we can resign him because we don't know what it's going to cost. Now, the Warriors, of course, have the most expensive payroll in the league and are paying much more luxury tax than any other team, so they may not be as willing to spend as maybe another team that doesn't have the luxury tax issues that the Warriors have. But why would the Warriors want to trade Kelly Oubre to another contending team? They want to be a contender. Maybe you could trade him to the Eastern Conference, where it's not hurting your chances to make the playoffs. I could see that potentially happening, if it means getting a first-round pick or some sort of other long-term asset in return. I can see that happening. And I do think that the Warriors will explore trading Ubre at the deadline because of this. Because they don't know if they can resign him. Because they don't know what is going to happen with him this offseason. But if you trade him for some other player that's under contract, somebody better than Terrence Ross, I would hope, uh, or another draft pick, or, or both, then at least you get something. At least you get something in return for Ubre. But Ubre is helping them in a very meaningful way right now. So you don't want—and I know Bob Myers has come out and said, hey, we, we like Kelly Oubre long-term, et cetera, whatever. We'll see. I To me, and this is just me, I haven't asked Bob Myers about this, but to me, that sounds like posturing. Hey, we want Kelly Oubre here long-term. Joe Lakeup, please pay the salary. Because, of course, Bob Myers wants as many good players as possible. Of course, Steve Kerr wants as many good players as possible. They're not paying the luxury tax bill at the end of the season. Right? So it's going to take convincing from ownership to do that. But I ultimately think that Oubre probably is going to price himself out of what the Warriors want to do, and, is going to, and And good for him. He should be looking for a long-term deal somewhere else where he could start and play. And if that's the case, I think the Warriors will get a good enough idea between now and the March 25th trade deadline of what it is that Oubre is going to be looking for over the offseason and what it is that they can get for Kelly Oubre. I am not predicting that they will trade him, but I am telling you that they will sniff around. They will be open to these conversations. Our next question comes from the amazing Eduardo off of Apple Podcasts, who writes in, uh, what do you think is the best or most realistic path for getting Juan Descano-Anderson on the main roster for next season? He's definitely won me over with his effort and better than average ball handling, so I'd love to see him get promoted from that two-way contract. I think the Warriors would still want to promote Juan toscano anderson from the two-way contract onto the 15-man roster. and I understand that, The limitations for these two-way players probably going to be lifted so they don't have to worry about it, but still, in order to re-sign him this summer, or not have to deal with it at all and just sign him to a long-term contract right now, I think the Warriors are still motivated to bring him up to the 15-man roster. Now, the easiest way to go about it, the easiest way, would be to just wave Alan Smiley-Geach, call it a day. Now, the problem with that is you're eating Smiley-Geach's contract, and you're going to have to pay Juan Descano-Anderson again, Right? And that's going to be more luxury tax. I know it's a minor contract, but all this stuff is multiplied. And I don't know that Joe Lakeup wants to spend any more on this roster than he already is, like I've already talked about. So the easiest way, the easiest way from point A to point B, wave Alan Smiley-Geach, sign Juan Iskano Anderson. It may come to that still. There may be enough, enough pressure on Joe Lakeup to do that anyway. But the other way to do it, and to not pay any more in luxury taxes or salaries than you already are, is to either trade Alan Smiley-Geach, which I don't think that there's a team out there that wants Alan right? On right? Just in a one-for-one deal, right? You're not getting a draft pick for Smiley-Geach. You're, you're probably going to have to attach a draft pick to get off of Smiley-Geach at this point, and the Warriors don't have enough of those to afford that. So I wouldn't advise that. Maybe they have to do it anyway. Now, the other option is to trade somebody else. So one thing I'm thinking, I know Brad Wanamaker has had a terrible season, but he played so well for Boston last season, last two seasons. And Steve Kerr said, Brad Wanamaker's best role, he said this right before the All-Star break, Brad Wanamaker's best role is to play alongside other playmakers and shotmakers like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown like he did in Boston. Well, why not trade Brad Wanamaker back to Boston? It's not working out with the Warriors. The Celtics aren't playing well. They may be able to use Brad Wanamaker's presence off the bench. Kemba Walker dealt with injuries for most of the start of the season. I don't think you would get much for Brad Wanamaker, right? You're not getting a meaningful player back, but maybe you can get a second-round pick back for him, and that would be a home run for the Warriors. You could trade Brad Wanamaker, who hasn't played well for you, for a second-round pick, even if it's protected or not a great second-round pick. You can get something for him, get off of his salary for nothing, and then promote Juan Toscano Anderson without having to spend extra money. That's to, that seems to me like a slam dunk. Now, I don't know that the Celtics would do it, but it's at least worth a call. So that's what I would do. If I were Bob Myers, I'd be calling the Celtics. Hey, listen, after you see what Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion look like, of course, no rush, right? No rush to do this. Come back these next few games. Hey, Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, can you take over his backup point card? If the answer is yes to either of them, then I would be on the phone with the Celtics saying, hey, we'll take a top 55 protected second round pick. I don't care. Just do you want Brad Wanamaker back? Take them off our hands. We'll do you a favor. Get you a guy who worked well as your backup point guard. It just hasn't worked out the fit here. It hasn't worked out for us. Boom. Everybody's happy. You bring Juan Descono Anderson up. Problem solved. Uh, Got a lot more questions coming up next, including what the Warriors can do to take advantage of Steph Curry's prime. But first, let's talk about Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find out the, the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. If you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problems here. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information, and we've got a special deal for our listeners Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Jake writes in, How big of a risk is the front office taking on Steph Curry's prime? By banking on Wiseman to ramp up his progress and Clay coming back to form next season, realistic expectations would be two, three more seasons after next. I think the front office is making a really big risk in wasting Steph Curry's prime but this is a question about what it is that this team's uh, aspirations. What is this team's goal? What is the goal of this organization? If the goal is to be a playoff team for the next decade, I think that they are well-positioned to do that, right? They are positioned to be in the playoff team this season and in 2027, all right? Great. But if the goal is to maximize Steph's prime and win another championship, not maximize the prime by being in the playoffs, like a French playoff team like they are now, but to maximize Steph's prime, then I think they are, they are in a tough position. Because even when Klay Thompson comes back, and this Warriors team is banking on Klay Thompson coming back and this team being a contender again. But I have my questions. Because Klay Thompson is a shot maker, not a shot creator. Shot maker, not a playmaker. And you are seeing right now that this Warriors team, with Draymond Green in another phase of his career right now, having lost Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, they don't have real playmakers who can also threaten to score outside of Steph Curry. Andrew Wiggins would be the closest thing. And so I think, too, would be James Wiseman, at least potentially. At least potentially. But how far away is he from reaching that potential? And I do think that it's worth keeping a guy like James Wiseman around, that it's worth trying to develop him, because he could have a Kawhi Leonard type of effect. Maybe he hits his prime, hits this all-star type level two or three years from now, and then extends that window, right? Steph Curry maybe plays at this level a little bit longer than you expected. Clay Thompson looks a little bit better than you thought coming off of this Achilles injury. And you're able to add some players to this group. And James Wiseman ascends to some sort of level and is able to extend this window a little bit longer than you thought it initially was. So there's value in that. But I do question... I do question whether or not the Warriors are making the most out of Steph's prime with guys like... I don't know, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, they're fine players, but they are such a notch below what Steph Curry is used to playing with. How many minutes can you realistically give to James Wiseman? Not to mention, you've got this other pick coming up, which I'll talk about in a moment. So I think the front office is taking a risk. Now, I'll say this. I don't know what other option they have right now, because the opportunity to trade James Wiseman was when he he was just the number two pick in the draft. Okay. Now you have to at least see what it is that he what what he can do before you move him. And I don't know what superstar trade is out there. Harden's already been moved. Bradley Beal doesn't look like he's getting moved anytime soon. Who's the superstar that's out there, right? And I'm not going to and you don't just trade James Wiseman for, you know, Marcus Smart. You don't do that. You don't do that. Right? You need a a, a realistic return for him. Let's get to our next question from Skip in regards to Wiseman. He writes in, is trading Wiseman worth missing out on his potential? He could still contribute this year and hopefully even more next year. Is this his first full year playing ball since high school? Uh, seems more sensible to trade Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre with the Minnesota pick. Um, look, I, I obviously if you could pick, it would be you keep Wiseman, you trade Wiggins or Oubre in the Minnesota pick and get a superstar. Like I said, that's not happening, right? You're not. It's not Wiggins plus pick equals superstar. It's Wiggins plus Wiseman plus pick equals superstar. That's your package. That's your trade package. All right, so if you want a superstar, all this stuff goes out the window. You trade all those things, and you get your superstar. And the Warriors would be better for that. And I think the Warriors would do that. I just don't know who the superstar is right now. They are hoping Bradley Beal becomes available. He's not right now. He is not right now. And is trading Wiseman worth missing out on his potential? If it's for the right player. If you're getting Bradley Beal, then yeah. Trade Wiseman. Fill in center with other random bodies like you have over 5 finals runs. No problem. If you get Beal, it's no problem. But if you trade Wiseman for another center, maybe that center is better right now, but does that center offer as much potential? I don't know. I don't know. Would you trade James Wiseman for Miles Turner? I wouldn't. I would trade Wiseman for Miles Turner and a bunch of draft picks, but I wouldn't do that just straight up. Even though Miles Turner is clearly the better player right now and is still young. I don't know if Indiana would do it. You would think they probably would. But I don't know. So is trading Wiseman worth missing out on his potential? I think his potential is really high. There's still nothing that he can't do. And that's why I still still push back against, oh, the Warriors made a mistake by not drafting LaMelo Ball. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. LaMelo looks awesome. He has exceeded even the highest of expectations so far in Charlotte. But it's not like he's out here being Luka Doncic as a rookie. Right? It's not like he's out here being Anthony Davis or Zion Williamson or John Morant even as a rookie. He's not that good. He's good. And I think the Hornets really have something there. But it's not a done deal that the Warriors made a mistake. you Just hold off judgment for now. There is nothing that Wiseman cannot do on a basketball court. It's just a matter of him putting it all together. It's a matter of him putting it all together and how quickly he can put it all together. I've got one more question about what the Warriors should do with this Minnesota pick, and then I'm going to get to this Myers-Leonard situation in a moment. But let's first talk about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best in Built Bar Madness. Over at BuiltBar.com, you can check out the bracket today. And today's matchup, they have two matchups each day. The first matchup is between German Chocolate Cake and Salted Caramel. The second matchup between Mocha Love and White Chocolate Birthday Cake. Let's start with that first one, German Chocolate Cake, Salted Caramel. I think I'm going against the grain on this one. I think a lot of my colleagues prefer the German chocolate cake. That's not really my style. I prefer the salted caramel. Look, caramel and chocolate, that's a winning combination no matter what, and especially in this built Bar. Uh, it's actually one of the, the top flavors that I go to when I am mixing and matching my built Bar flavors for the boxes that I like to order. Salted caramel beats out German chocolate cake. It's not even all that close. That's a blowout win for salted caramel. And then in matchup two, we've got Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. If you know me, You know that I'm a sucker for anything coffee-flavored, so I'm going with Mocha Love over white chocolate birthday cake. That one was not particularly difficult for me to decide. Uh, Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter so that you can decide who will advance off of today's bracket. Remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off on your next order. Again, this is a new promo code that we have. Locked on 20 to zero to get 20% off on your next order. That's locked on 20 to get 20% off on your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting built bar. Let's also talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online doesn't cover the built bar bracket, but it even also covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is only a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get podcasts. So my next question comes from Witta Glizzy who writes in, What prospects at the top of the 2021 draft class would intrigue the Warriors And then Owen writes in, if the Warriors were to move this Wolves pick, what would you want them to receive in that type of deal? Um, This is all, I I lump these two questions together because I want to talk about the 2021 draft class in general. I don't know that the Warriors, even if it's loaded as it is, should be picking anybody in this draft class. I mentioned Wiseman being able to potentially extend this window. I think you are seeing right now the struggles that the Warriors are dealing with in trying to get one guy. One guy, one high-level rookie, in the rotation, in a way that doesn't hurt the team overall. I can't imagine them having to do this now with two lottery picks. Not just one, but two. You are having to find minutes for James Wiseman right now so that he can develop. How many minutes are there going to be for two, basically, rookies? right? Two 19, 20-year-old players who, it takes a while for players to make winning plays, to, to, to make a winning impact at the NBA level. And not just in the regular I mean, the Warriors, they want to be championship contenders next season. The Warriors want to be championship contenders this season. So ask yourself this. How many lottery picks are the Lakers trying to work into their rotation? Zero. How many lottery picks are the Clippers trying to work into their rotation? Zero. How many lottery picks is Denver, Utah? Trying to work into their rotation. Zero. The Warriors are trying to do this right now with one. You want them to do that now with two? The Warriors themselves. You want to do that with two lottery picks now? And expect to be a championship contender? No way. No. Now if you want to take two lottery picks and make the playoffs in 2027, go ahead. But if you think you're going to win the championship next year... With two lottery picks, playing meaningful rotation minutes, being the core part of your top seven or eight in your rotation. Forget it. It's not happening. I don't i don't care if you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, whoever you think you have. It's not happening. It takes too long for these players to make real impacts. Not even at the regular season, at the playoff level, at the NBA Finals, Western Conference Finals level. No way. No way. Maybe you can get away with one. Doing it with two seems really difficult. It seems really difficult, especially if you're picking a player at four or five. We're not talking about, even if there were a blue chip player who could come in right away and be an impactful player right away like Luka Doncic, you're not getting him at four or five. That player is going top three. And that pick is protected for the top three. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough if the Warriors want to achieve that goal. Seems like they want to have their cake and eat it too. Hey, we want to have these great rookies, these high-level these high talents. We want to be good in 2027, 2028 when we Spurs 2.0. Great. If you want to do that, that's awesome. But you can't also win a championship next year. The competition is just too good right now. And experience, the Warriors know. They should appreciate this more than anybody. Experience matters. And you can't just create it. It's hard to just create and duplicate. It takes time. The Warriors need to go out and get it. They need to go out and get veterans, players who have been at that level already. So that'll do it for my mailbag questions. Now I want to address the Myers-Leonard situation from yesterday. Myers-Leonard used an anti-semitic slur during a live stream of a video game Tuesday. He later said in a statement that he didn't know what it meant and apologized for using it. And the Miami Heat said in their statement that Leonard will be away from the team while the league conducts its investigation. What's troubling to me about this is the excuse. He didn't know what it meant, he said. This is a new excuse. We didn't hear that when racial slurs are directed at black players or when Rajon Rondo used a homophobic slur at a referee. Those slurs are, unfortunately, part of the vernacular, which doesn't make it right, but at least you can't hide behind, oops, I didn't know that was hurtful. Listen to Leonard in that video. He didn't only know it was a hurtful word, he used it in order to be hurtful. Maybe he didn't know that the origin of the word comes from when Jewish migrants would come to Ellis Island, and when asked to uh, sign forms with an X, they would refuse because the X in Yiddish is associated with the Christian cross. So instead, they drew a circle. The Yiddish word for circle is keikel, And eventually, immigration officers came up with the slur. Now, I don't expect Leonard, who grew up in a white neighborhood in Illinois, or black players who grew up in other neighborhoods to know that. But this doesn't make this example of anti-Semitism okay, or any example. For example, when Steven Jackson perpetuates hateful and dangerous conspiracy theories about the Rothschild family. Now, when it comes to social injustice and equal rights and systemic racism against black people, the NBA has done as good a job as any giant corporation can in being progressive. Yes, the league's initiatives are often soaked in corporate greed, sponsorship deals, and tagged with trending hashtags. But at least it's standing for something in a forceful way in a way that the NFL and Major League Baseball is not. And that's because the players are pushing the movement forward. When Donald Sterling used hateful language, players threatened not to play, and the NBA kicked him out. The league's work during the Black Lives Matter movement over the summer and now is powerful and important. Players feel empowered to speak up about these issues. And yet, when Jeremy Lin says he was called a coronavirus on the court amidst a wave of anti-Asian American violence... He is brave enough to say something, but doesn't feel enough support to actually name the players who said it. When Leonard, who by the way, is employed by a team with a Jewish owner and has Jewish people working in the front office, used an anti-Semitic slur, all the NBA does is announce an investigation. We know how this ends. A fine. Maybe a suspension. Then everybody moves on. But what is so heartbreaking about this is not the way corporations approach this. I've learned long ago not to expect anything from them. It's how the players have responded. Instead of speaking out against Steven Jackson, players continue to prop him up by going on his podcast, including Paul George, Rondo, Kelly Oubre, even Steve Kerr. Even Cheryl Swoops went on last month to talk about equality and activism in sports. I haven't seen many supporting Lynn or denouncing Leonard. I fear that for players and the league, if the hate speech doesn't hit close enough to home, that it's easier to ignore it and let it go on by. That at a time when corporations across the country so blatantly tried to profit off the BLM movement because it was finally supported by popular opinion, that the NBA was just another corporation doing the same. This makes me cynical. If the NBA wants to spread awareness against prejudice, it should do so against all prejudice, equally and forcefully. Because that's real equality. And it's the best way to be a messenger with credibility. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WCGoldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning.